0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Three, two, one. Do you know what I feel like doing? Going on a journey to be the very best like no one ever was? Of course, I feel like kicking back, relaxing, and getting comfy. Welcome to the Get Comfy Game Break. I'm your host, Kalo, as always, here to give you the lowdown on all things that are obtainable. And I'm joined by the special guest of today's pod. I'm going to let him introduce himself.
1: How's it going, everybody? My name is Eric. I'm great friends with Kalo, and I'm actually the host of my own podcast called Geeks Crossing, where we talk about pop culture Video games, movies, TV shows, whatnot, pretty much anything that screams geeky or pop culture. Kalo, funny enough, Kalo actually guest starred on my podcast a few times, so now I'm returning the favor. Of course, it's a collab we all
0: needed, and let me just tell the listeners to the Get Comfy podcast and all of its accompanying shows. When I tell you the Geeks Crossing podcast covers every single My new niche category in pretty much anything, they mean it. It's a great podcast. I highly recommend it. Go check it out.
1: So yeah, if you guys enjoy listening to 4Losers who are trying to make an honest living, go give us a listen. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer.
0: Exactly. I'll have a link to everything down below, of course, as per usual. But the reasoning behind this collab is because there are two new Pokemon games on the horizon, being Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Today, we're here to chop it up about the newest Pokemon games and give our thoughts on some major, major news surrounding the latest Nintendo Direct. So immediately hopping into Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, I want to, I guess, start with the well, for lack of a better term, the obvious starting point, which is your starter Pokemon. Now, I'm going to pass it off to you first. I want to hear who you're going to be going with because this is always an interesting debate here. I
1: don't know, Kalo. This is a tough one because I'm pulled between Spinach Cat, Rejected Mario Dinosaur, or one of Donald Duck's long-lost nephews. If you guys know me or listen to my podcast, you would know that I am a huge fan of the Firestarters. But... After seeing one certain Pokemon, I can honestly say that I'm not choosing Coco. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm either pulled between, like I said, the spinach cat or Donald Duck or whatever analogy you want to go with. See, I'm
0: so last generation being Sword and Shield, I went with Grookey. I, I like to almost bridge my starters and not repeat typings because, you know, that gets boring after a while. You can only be so many fire Pokemon. But for me in this generation, I have I've always said whoever I go with is pending their final evolution. I, I for whatever reason, the Pokemon company has not released Anything in regards of evolutionary forms or anything along the line there, but as it stands right now, I think I'm going with Fue Coco.
1: Really, that's interesting.
0: I fire starters, of course, Gen One Charmander. I, I call me basic, but uh, Charmander was the one for me. I, I've my rankings of starters, I'd have to say Mudkip is my all time favorite and then the list there can really vary but are you are you worried about the starter evolutions given the past generations lack of uh i, I don't know of creativity i don't know something about the the past few generations of pokemon have really just not hit the same as older generations.
1: All I know is that one of them is getting the fighting type or at least look like a fighting type because Game Freak has a habit of doing that. I told all my friends, mark my words, Quaxol or whatever the War starter is called, he's going to be a fighting type. I have a good feeling about that.
0: There were rumors of Fuecoco being a fire ghost type. I'm sure like Sprigatito was grass dark or something along those lines.
1: Quaxley... Could be the fighting type. That seems very likely. I'm telling you, man, that cat better stay on four legs because I do not want to deal with Incineroar 2.0. now nah, I'm saying I, as much as I love Incineroar, come on, not every starter has to be bipedal. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and if it's any sort of um, sort of like thing to note to my recent memory, for grass starters at least. I would say our last four-legged starter was Turtwig. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. And I I obviously don't have the full starter lineup pulled up on my computer unless you count Grookey, but he evolves into a bipedal ape. So uh, there's that. But I, I don't know. For me, Fire seems the likely choice. You're still torn between Sprigatito and Quaxley. Again, yeah, it's just there. something about, like, I want to see their final evolution so bad.
1: The main reason why I'm not picking Fuecoco is because in the last Pokemon reveal trailer or whatever it was, they revealed two new fire Pokemon, Amarouge and Serulidge. And as soon as I saw Serulidge, I was like, that thing's going on my team, hands down.
0: Now, I'm going to pitch this question to you because I was talking about um, this exact Pokemon with my co-host here on the Get Comfy Game Break. And do you believe those two Pokemon are an offshoot of the Gallade line? Because they look very similar to Gallade.
1: Either that or Bisharp. I mean, I've seen memes about that where they basically repainted Bisharp to look like a fire type. I didn't even think about Bisharp.
0: Wow. All right. See, this is why we had you on. You get all of the minor details. You get everything, the fine details to Pokemon.
1: I mean, Pokemon's one of my main specialties on the podcast, so... I'm glad to share my knowledge with you. There we go. Now, I guess we're going to take our starter and begin
0: our journey because I want to ask you, we had the reveal of the three storylines being Victory Road, Starfall Street, and Path of Legends. What are your thoughts on this new way to handle gyms? You can take them on in any order. You know, and these these gym tests where you have to, like, I don't know, like there were certain tasks you got to fill before encountering or challenging a gym of your choice. What are your thoughts on them switching up the basic formula of the Pokemon game?
1: Oh, I think that's brilliant because finally we, the players, get to explore an open world Pokemon game. They are free to do whatever you want. Like, there's no definitive storyline that you have to follow.
0: It's certainly, and I've always said this with this game, it's going to add more replayability, whether you take on a certain story or handle the gyms a certain way. And it just seems as if this game in particular, compared to others, I mean, of course, with Sun and Moon, we had the Island Trials, which is kind of like the gym formula here, but it just seems as if this game is going to be packed with content, which is something where Pokemon games lack as far as like you beat the main story. Of course, you go on to like Victory Road, like the the Pokemon League. But with three stories, it just seems as if you're going to have a lot to do in this game and a lot of time to build up your team. Well,
1: we should know that one of the stories has to do with the villainous team plot. And I got to be honest with you, Kalo. These villainous teams get dumber and dumber each generation.
0: Yeah, and you're hinting at Starfall Street, and apparently it's just a group of students from your school who are just plain rebellious and delinquents. And I I agree with you where they're very much just... I guess this was like a last-minute detail they, they pinned on to the game. They're like, oh, wait, we forgot about this generation's team. Just make them a bunch of bad students.
1: Like, I swear to God, they're rehashing Team Skull now, and it's getting freaking ridiculous.
0: It very much is, and I, they've hinted at, or at least they showed in the trailer, this, like, car thing. It was very much a focal point of the trailer.
1: I I don't know what that means. I was going to say, holy shit, are we actually fighting automobiles in Pokemon? But no, it's probably just for show. Now,
0: speaking of like automobiles and stuff, this generation's legendaries are focused around motorbikes, that being Cryodon and Myriadon. Of course, Cyclozar is the first evolution, but a wild speculation here. Could that car thing potentially be a
1: Pokemon if they're really focusing on vehicles? I mean, let's put it this way. We have Pokemon that are based off ice cream. So what's stopping them from making Pokemon that look like cars?
0: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's also let's not forget Trubbish. Uh, A a literal trash is a Pokemon.
1: Hey, it may be trash, but it's a beautiful pile of trash.
0: Yeah, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the legendaries of this generation, because obviously they're box legendaries. This is what you see first when you pick up your game. What are your thoughts on the two and which game are you leaning more towards? Well,
1: earlier, the geeks and I were speculating that the two legendaries, they kind of, you kind of see like a time duality between the two where Kyrodon is more ancient while Mirrodon is more futuristic. But I'm leaning more towards Mirrodon or Pokemon Violet. If not for a legendary, then definitely Serilich because as soon as I saw Serilich, I was like, bro, that thing's going on my team. Hands down. I mean, it's freaking Mega Man, but with Flaming Swords for hands. How can I not put that on my team, you know?
0: That's very much the Pokemon you lead with, with your team. I I agree with you. I, I'm on this uh, Miridon hype train, just for the fact. I love the the form in which it turns into a bike. I just think it looks more functional. Koryodon uh, has that wheel in his chest, but... It doesn't yeah. turn.
1: What's the point of having it if it's not moving? Because like you see in the trailer, like it's running around, but the wheel doesn't move. I don't know if that's an animation error, but I don't know. It's kind of misleading when you think about it. I read somewhere,
0: and whether this detail is true or not, I don't know. But apparently, it's what is equivalent to when frogs puff up their chest. It's like a flotation device type deal which it's very misleading because like we said it looks like a wheel that would turn like an off-road bike or something that would have been cool but um yeah that design just it seems very um misplaced to put it kindly
1: going back to the car real quick you know what that reminded me of have you ever played xd gale of darkness one of my favorite pokemon games of all time Okay, great. So you'll get the reference. So one of the quote-unquote bosses you encounter, he was riding a freaking Robo Groudon, and it made you believe, like, wow, are we actually going to battle something that isn't a Pokemon? But no, he just treats it as if, oh, a normal battle. He's like, hey, guys, check it out. I got a Robo Groudon, and I'm ready to fuck shit up. Just kidding. I'll you know, have he, my Pokemon do it.
0: He arrives in style, or, or Mecha Groudon. Speaking of XD Gale Darkness... When are we getting something along those lines? I need another style of that game. It's just something that I keep looking back on. It's such like a niche, like different kind of Pokemon game with Shadow Lugia, Shadow Pokemon. Of course, they're in Pokemon Go, but I need something like on the Switch to, uh, to just take up that mantle.
1: I've been wishing that for years. I mean, no joke. I think those were the first Pokemon games I 100%ed. Was it tedious? Of course, but it was worth it. I mean, in Colosseum, you get a free Ho-Oh after you've purified all the Shadow Pokemon. Why the hell would I turn that down, you know?
0: Those games, too, like compared to like the mainline Pokemon games, of course, like Ruby and Sapphire were the games at the time. But they were, all, at least to me, a lot more difficult than the mainline Pokemon games.
1: Oh, yeah. When you're forced to do double battles throughout the whole story, it does get exhausting. But thankfully, the gameplay became much better in XD. Like, it's not as compact, and the purifying method is a lot more intuitive.
0: Exactly. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was XD Gale of Darkness, where you started off with an Eevee, right? Or was it Umbreon Espeon?
1: Yeah, in XD, it was Eevee, but in Coliseum it was Espeon and Umbreon, which, hey, I'm not complaining two evolutions as your starters.
0: That was something that like I couldn't grasp. I I was like, wow, a Pokemon game where you're not starting with like the generation starters or a starter at that point. So uh, I can always go back and just watch Twitch streams of someone playing this game through and through. It never gets old because there is no Pokemon game like that. Of course, they took like a a dive with Pokemon Legends Arceus but I'm talking about like that style of game. It it looked different. It felt different. It was a lot more difficult, almost like adult level Pokemon. So it was just a cool time in Pokemon history.
1: I mean, the closest thing we have to shadow Pokemon is through that Pokemon Go event, which I mean, that could be a sign that they're still interested in shadow Pokemon. So why not remake Holiseum and XD? Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think potentially they're leaning in towards that because uh i guess we'll bridge uh, unless you have any final thoughts on pokemon scarlet and violet
1: all i know is that the competitive field is gonna be freaking intense because have you seen the new items they introduce where you can copy the stat changes of your opponent
0: see those are the things i'm gonna wonder if they actually allow to get into the competitive scene and there's a lot of like i guess also two terrestrial forms as well to kind of wrap up the conversation like another cheap gimmick i know you i I know your thoughts on
1: this but uh share with the listeners what your thoughts are on this gimmick okay i like the concept where your pokemon changes type briefly but did they have to make it look so fucking stupid i mean this just takes shiny pokemon to a whole new level
0: it does Uh, the weird plant that comes out of their head it reminds me of that item from super smash brothers that drains your health And I can't get that image out of my head. Something comparable was Primal, Kyogre, and Groundon in Alpha, Sapphire, and Omega Ruby. Or I might have those two switched. But, like, where there's a gem involved, and they made that look cool. I wish they went with Primal forms in this game as well.
1: I swear, Game Freak can't help themselves. They have to have a new gimmick every generation, and it's getting ridiculous Now granted, I love Mega Evolutions, I still think it's the best gimmick that we've gotten in years. Z-Moves were, well, I'm not a big fan of them, but they do have their moments. Dynamax and Gigantamax, oh hell yeah, that just screams gimmick. But like Z-Moves, they do have their moments. But this, I don't know man, this is going to take me a while to get used to.
0: Before we continue the show, I wanted to take a little time to talk about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. com slash believe. BL It was the more interesting point like you brought up about EVs changing types and only specific ones can do that so identifying these Pokemon I'm going to see- be interested to see how they handle that but also too with competitive like are these Pokemon going to be allowed to be in-
1: introduced into the circuit I, it's very interesting to see how they handle it. All I know is that Loom, equipped with loaded dice, mixed with I think Bullet Seed, that's gonna be busted as hell, man.
0: They're certainly going to have to test like all of this in in competitive play. Now, I finally want to wrap up uh Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It, our, and my co-host here on the Get Comfy Game Break is not a fan of this Pokemon, and I think it's only right to wrap up this talk with this Pokemon. Can we talk about how the boy LeChonk needs his time in the sun? I love that Pokemon and would die for a LeChonk.
1: Oh, yeah. Everybody would. LeChonk
0: is just too precious. See, I I knew I can count on you for the support there. Now, I want to take this talk and bridge it into the Nintendo Direct we just got. A lot of people were, I wouldn't say interested, but they were caught off guard because this whole direct came out of nowhere essentially and it revealed a lot more than we thought
1: now for the record, i've only seen bits and pieces of it but i did take some time to get to the important parts i'm sure those who are listening you know exactly what i'm talking about but what were you gonna say hello
0: i was gonna say the the main talking point i guess through this all is going to be the legend of zelda breath of the wild sequel and And that will be The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This game is set to release May 12th, 2023, and it will be on the Nintendo Switch. What a trailer. What an absolute gem of a trailer.
1: Okay, this is going to be a hot take, but I'm not a huge Zelda fan. I respect the fan base. Like, I played a handful of games, but... I can never dive into this series as much as most Nintendo fans.
0: Exactly. I think for that announcement, uh, it's very much the diehard Breath of the Wild fans. This this is very much what, yeah, this is what got the Switch off and running because this is one of the launch titles, Breath of the Wild, for the Nintendo Switch. I want to pose the question to you because I have wild speculation again, as I always do, on these certain things. But with The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom coming out in 2023, there was a lot of rumors around a potential new Switch. Do you think Nintendo pulls a Wii U, launches the game on the basic Switch, and then let's say this time next year, we get ourselves a brand new Nintendo Switch?
1: Oh, that's definitely going to happen. I foresee that
0: happening only for the fact that the breath of the wild is notorious for being one of the largest games on the switch. The switch can barely run it. It's it, it drains, the battery in the matter of, I'd say hours, an hour or two. But with this game, honestly, you get more, I would assume out of the size of the map and graphic updates, all that fun stuff. But I don't know. Something about this title is what moved the switch originally. So it would make sense for Nintendo to dive in and be like, hey, let's drop a new one.
1: I just feel like the marketing behind Nintendo is very predictable. I mean, every five years or so, they come up with a new console. So what's stopping them from doing the same thing, what they did with the Wii U and the Switch for Breath of the Wild? You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. And I guess for what it's worth, another interesting announcement to come out of that Nintendo Direct was the announcement of more N64 games to be included in this Nintendo Online Plus pack. I very much dislike the way Nintendo markets all of this added DLC. But um, we're going to be getting the first three Mario parties, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2,
1: and Goldeneye. Yep. So what are your thoughts on all of this? I'm mostly excited for Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 because... Fun fact, I didn't have an N64 growing up. I think my first console was the GameCube. But years later, when I was older and got my first job, the first thing I bought with my paycheck was an N64 and Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. And I was like, finally, I get to really finally I get to experience these games that cause people so much trauma.
0: Oh, the mini games in both of these games. There was a Sandshrew one that absolutely tore your finger up because you had to like spin the uh, joystick in a certain direction. It, it was a time. But again, like I, we talked about with Pokemon XD, Gala Darkness and Pokemon Coliseum. I just love this game. I have an unbound love for the way they handle battling in this game. Although there are some weird quirks where normal can attack ghost
1: and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I just love these games. And it's not just the mini games, the rental Pokemon. Well, for those of you who don't know, you do have the option to transfer Pokemon from Gens 1 through 2 to your N64. So you can go through a Gym Leader Castle or Competitive Battles or whatever. But if you don't have those games, you have to sell with shitty rental Pokemon. And when I mean shitty, I mean let's put it this way. In Pokemon Stadium 1, Rental Charizard's moves are Fire Spin, Slash, Fly, and Dig. I'm pretty sure nobody will ever think to keep Fire Spin on Charizard.
0: Exactly. And of course you can expect those two games along with I think Mario Party 3 and an Excite Bike game and a snowboarding game to come out in 2023. But I had I had a nice long talk when talking about how Nintendo holds back these games. And these are N64 games. These aren't even GameCube. This isn't even like, I would say even Wii games. What are your thoughts on Nintendo like just releasing these games like a year out when they can easily, I would say, push a button and release these games out into the
1: wild? They're trying to bait people in. That's the thing. It's like, hey, remember all these games you had growing up? Oh, well, keep giving us this X amount of money and you can add them to your Switch collection.
0: See, that's the thing. And with that being said, we were just talking about this game. Can't talk about it enough. If Nintendo ever decides to crack the seal that is around the GameCube games, any of them at this point, but let's just say they decide to whip out Pokemon, Coliseum, XD Gale Darkness, you best believe I'm running on that day to purchase said games. I just hate how they have a stranglehold on me with all these nostalgic games. But the real question is, will they
1: add Smash 64 to the Switch?
0: See, that is something I think could happen in the future. There was a problem, and I was looking into it. Um, the The whole Super Smash Brothers scene, especially with Melee... Uh, Is a big thing like people play still to this day on tournaments all around the world. Apparently, Nintendo sent out cease and desist letters to each of those tournaments that are playing, I believe, off the emulator or something along those lines. So they're still very protective over that property. And potentially, I I would love for them to drop that game with multiplayer because GoldenEye is getting multiplayer even Pokemon Stadium, even all of these games like Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, I would love for them to just add multiplayer. That would be the, the cherry on
1: top for me. I'm just thinking in my mind, if Smash Bros. Melee had multiplayer or online matches, oh my god, bro. Absolute madness. That's all
0: I know. It's It would be great, especially with Melee. Melee is the pinnacle... Super Smash Brothers game to most. I mean, of course, some people have their differing opinions, but at least to Thank me, you. melee, Somebody melee with me. yeah, melee to me was the pinnacle. I, of course, like there was the Wii U version of, I believe the name is escaping me.
1: It's literally, literally, it's just called Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS. I was like, wow, how original.
0: Yeah, and then I believe Ultimate. Ultimate is the one I'm thinking of was for the Switch.
1: As much as I love Ultimate, I think it's a fantastic game. But it's like you said, Halo, nostalgia is what's keeping me infested with Melee. Like, I have so many fond memories with this game that I can never replace it.
0: Exactly, and it's very much like you find your main character, you know how to handle them. It's like whenever you really want to throw down, you go to your main. You can mess around with other side characters. But like
1: for me, it was like Fox. It was Fox was my guy. You're talking to a Pikachu, Marth, and Dr. Mario main. Wow. Dr. Mario. I don't see that often, but that's
0: date. That sounds dangerous. That combination of the three. He's got his PhD in Smashology. Oh, see. See, he's he's a dangerous Smash player. I just know. I know for a fact. Especially with Marth. My friend's a Marth main. And he very much abuses the counter system to no end.
1: That's funny. Most of my friends call Marth C-Stick because all you do is just spam his tilt attacks. Yup. And then it's game over. You can't get near him. Pikachu is the
0: down B. Get the thunder going. It's, it's game over.
1: Every BS mechanic you could think of in Melee... I used the shit out of them <laughs> and then
0: of course there's the pikachu death move which is very rare to hit but when you hit it it's amazing
1: real talk if melee ever gets re-released i'm not gonna get it because like i said i have so much nostalgic value for the original game that i can never replace it even with an hd remix you know what i mean
0: See, that's the thing it's with Nintendo, they would have a license to print money. I mean, they already released. And at the time when it first came out, the GameCube controller that was adapted for the switch, when that came out, I could never get my hands on one. If they release, like what you said, an HD remake of Melee, the amount of money that will be thrown at Nintendo on day one. It would be limitless. I mean, I was even a sucker and went out to get the the Mario All-Stars collection that had Sunshine, 64, and um, Galaxy. And I normally never go out of my way to get Nintendo games. But that remake,
1: that re-release, I had to. It's funny. I watched a YouTube video the other day. I believe it was uploaded by a YouTuber named David V. Kimball, something like that. He essentially did a what-if scenario. He essentially uploaded a video of what Melee could have looked like if it had six more months of development based on discussion forums, interviews, and the modding community. And I gotta say, an alternative title would be How to Make a 10 Out of 10 Game an 11 Out of 10 Game. Wow. See, I would because, have to... I'm, I need to look at that. I really love Melee for what it is, but after watching this video... I probably would have loved that game even more. It could have easily been the best Smash game by the public's eye.
0: Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Melee, I mean, you can still go back and play it today. It still holds up. The graphics, the map design, it's very innovative for the time especially. It's simple, not as oversaturated, and it's easy to play. Exactly. It's like Mario Kart, where like you can hand the controller to anybody, and after like a few minutes of just getting to know the game, you're... You can hold your own potentially, it depends who you're going up against, obviously. But yeah, like it's one of those games, you, you just it's an all time, if not the all time.
1: And while we're on the topic of the GameCube, another franchise that debuted on the GameCube is getting a new game, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4, a game that, at least
0: from what I heard, has been finished and or under development for a numerous amount of years.
1: It better be a damn good game if, we, if we've been waiting for years.
0: See, that's the thing, especially with like Nintendo. Pikmin 4, and I used to play Pikmin on the GameCube, and it looked good from what, from what we gathered of what we've seen. And there isn't a release date, of course. I would assume... Uh, let's just say, at least from what I call my shot here, you get it on, I'd say, holiday 2023. I think that's a solid release date, and it seems adequate enough. Of course, you're going to get more. uh, This game looked beautiful. Uh, Everything about it, the whole whole map in general, too. Like,
1: what an upgrade from the days of old. I'm mostly excited that you get to play through the Pikmin's perspective. I mean, Pikmin 3, it was an all right game. I mean, I understand what they were going with, but I just didn't vibe with it compared to the first two games. But Pikmin 4, it's like you said, Kalo, it's gorgeous, it looks innovated, and it looks like a nice, fresh take to the franchise, which, hey, I'm completely down for.
0: And it kind of takes the vein, and there's a game I play on Xbox called Grounded, which is kind of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids And you have to like battle bugs and ants and all that to survive. This was the OG version of that. Like this was this was grounded before grounded was even a thing. But I just love this perspective of like the backyard and you can kind of just see the world from a smaller scale. Like that was always the threat of the game. And of course, when nighttime came, like you were running for your life, you just knew you could not be outside and or around anything. Otherwise you're done for, but yeah, Pikmin four
1: certainly is one of those games to look out for moving forward. Funny enough, I was listening to Pikmin music the other day for, and the top comment was for a franchise that has peaceful music. It gets very chaotic. It certainly does. And it's again, one
0: of those standout franchises of the GameCube era. I remember the game. It's a very niche game. I don't, you, you'd probably know it. Uh, Chibi Robo. Do you remember that
1: game? I've never played it, but I've heard of it.
0: So it was essentially along the lines of Pikmin where you play this little robot that has to get plugged in at night or a very loose interpretation of the game, at least what I remember. And it was like one of those games where you, you're just at a smaller perspective. You have to like climb up the kitchen cabinets. I think the dog or cat would come around. That'd be like the enemy where you have to avoid it. So I just love those like style of games, those perspectives. It, especially compared to everything we're getting nowadays with like Call of Duty, Halo, all that stuff.
1: It's nice to just kind of like dial it back a little bit. It kind of reminds me of that Yarn game. I don't remember what it's called. I think it was Yarny, right? It's a little red guy? Yeah, it was like a little red guy made out of yarn. But oh, I'm Unraveled what... or something. Oh yeah, that's what
0: it was called. Love that game. Love that game. But in closing, is there anything else we want to talk
1: about here from the Nintendo Direct, any Nintendo news, or just anything in general? All I can say is I'm definitely looking forward to Scarlet and Violet. The games looked very promising. Definitely excited for Pikmin 4. I just hope that all lifts up to the hype because I think I mentioned this before when you guest star on the podcast. They can win people over with as many gameplay aspects and references or just new things. But it all comes down to presentations, like how much effort they put into it. Because there is a thing that's overhyping
0: Yeah, for sure. It's very much a balance they need to figure out moving forward, especially in today's gaming climate. You make one impression and it is your first impression. And gamers nowadays have very little patience, especially when it comes to hollowed franchises like Pokemon. Hold them to a higher standard. That's all they do. But again... As we wrap up, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Get Comfy Game Break. Of course, you can check out Geeks Crossing on all major listening platforms. Of course, I'll have it all linked down below. But Eric, thank you for joining us here on the
1: Get Comfy Game Break. Oh, it was my pleasure, Klo. Finally excited to be at the Get Comfy Game Break.
0: Of course. And you can check out more episodes of the Get Comfy Game Break and all of its accompanying shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major listening platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and of course, the Believe Network. Again, I have been KLO, joined by
1: the one and only. Eric. And we'll see you guys next time. And more importantly, stay true to your geek selves.